Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapters three and four of her novel, A Wizard of Earthsea, the action is all taking place on the Isle of Roke, which turns out to be an incredibly important place in the narrative world of Earthsea, not only because it's where you have the school of wizards and mages, it's an island that's protected in many ways, but also because of the imminent grove whose roots, the trees of which, whose roots go down to the bottom of the earth. And it is a really truly magical place, pun intended there. It's a place where magic is not just concentrated, but being taught. And ideally, its graduates come out not just with a whole set of skills, but also with at least a modicum of wisdom and goodness, although that often is not the case, as we will see in the narratives. Roke is first mentioned by the mage Ogion, who is Ged's you know, teacher at Gant, living at Realbi, who then says, this is where they teach all of the high arts. Now, that implies that there's distinctions within magic, at least from the Rokian perspective, between the low arts. And that does indeed get mentioned, the arts practiced by those who don't walk with a staff, those who don't have a wizard's staff, the things that the local sorcerer or witch or warlock might be doing. And then the things that genuine wizards taught at Roke know how to do. So Ged gets sent off there with a recommendation by Ogio, and this guy's really got something on the ball. He could be the greatest. You got to take care of him. The School for Wizards is located in the, the town of Twill, which surrounds it. And then the school is inside of it. And there's kind of a non-antagonistic towny versus college kind of dynamic going on there. If you're not familiar with that, this is something that you see in college towns where there are those who are working at the college or are studying at the college and they live at the college, but may also spend some time out in the town. And then the town is there to handle all the things that are needed in order to have a college, all the economic matters, such as bringing in food, growing food, all the other things that have to be imported and exported. There's a, a port there at Twill as well. And the people enjoy themselves. It's kind of an honor to be there. There's actually a really great description provided of Twill in this that is, is quite interesting. They went into the town that Ged might learn his way about it. Few and short as were the streets of Twill, they twisted and turned curiously among the high-roofed houses, and the way was easy to lose. It was a strange town, strange also its people, fishermen and workmen and artisans like any other, but so used to the sorcery that is ever at play on the Isle of the Wise that they seemed half-sorcerers themselves. They talked as get learned in riddles, and not one of them would blink to see a boy turn into a fish or a house fly up into the, the air, but no it for a schoolboy prank would go on cobbling shoes or cutting up mutton unconcerned. And so there's this, you know, kind of magical town surrounding it. Magical not in the sense that everybody's using magic, but they're, they're used to it, right? It's not something that's going to blow their minds. Within the town of Twill, there is an entrance, a door, 
to the school of Rogue. And there's this very nice passage here. So Ged asked the first townman of Twill where he would find the warder of the school on Rogue. The man looked at him sidelong a while and said, the wise don't need to ask, the fool asks in vain. One of those enigmatic responses. And so went on along the street. He went uphill till he came out into a square rimmed on three sides by the houses with their sharp slate roofs and on the fourth by the wall of a great building whose few small windows were higher than the chimney tops of the houses, a fort or a castle, it seemed, made of mighty gray blocks of stone. In the square beneath it, market booths were set up and there was some coming and going of people. Ged asked his question of an old woman with a basket of mussels and she said, you cannot always find the warder where he is, but sometimes you can find him where he is not, and went on crying her mussels to sell. In the great building, near one corner, there was a mean little door of wood. Ged went to this and knocked loud. To the old man who opened the door, he said, I bear a letter from the mage Ogion of Gaunt to the warder of the school on this island. I want to find the warders, but I will not hear more riddles and scoffing. This is the school, the old man said mildly. I am the doorkeeper. Enter if you can. Ged stepped forward. It seemed to him he'd passed through the doorway, yet he stood outside on the pavement where he'd stood before. So there's magic with this door. More magic, as we're going to find out in just a moment. Every time Ged steps through it, he winds up back in the same place. So obviously something's got to give here. And what it is, is Ged has to give his true name to the doorkeeper. And this is a big thing. You know, giving your true name gives people power over you. So this is a trusting at a very basic level of Ged with this school. And once he does enter, he says... He saw as he turned that the doorway through which he came was not plain wood, but ivory without joint or seam. It was cut, as he knew later, from a tooth of the great dragon. The door that the old man closed behind him was of polished horn through which the daylight shone dimly, and on its inner face was carved the thousand-leaved tree. Welcome to this house, lad, the doorkeeper said. And without saying more, led him through halls and corridors to an open court far inside the walls of the building. And here he's introduced to the Archmage Nermale, who is the warder of the school. The Archmage is the greatest among equals of the masters of Roke, who gets to decide policy, but does so in a collaborative way. The Archmage, by the way, who will save Ged's life when Ged makes a terrible mistake. So now we should move on to the nine masters of Roke. And then the 10th, of course, is the, the Archmage, who is often selected from outside of the masters themselves. And each of these is, you could say, the best proficioner and practitioner of some high art, something that is really essential to what a wizard ought to have to be a genuine mage. It's sort of like the difference between a cook and a chef, right? There's much more that needs to be learned, including the formation of one's character and one's relation to one's craft. And these masters are the master chanter, master wind key, master hand, the master namer, the master herbal, master changer, master summoner, master patterner. And then finally, as we find out, who's the, the ninth master? The doorkeeper. That is a position of mastery which will be quite important in, in later works, not so much in this book itself. 
So we find out that first what Ged has to do is spend time with the master chanter. And in doing so, he is going to be learning. And what is, what is he learning there? He says, part of each day, he studied with the master chanter, learning the deeds of heroes, the lays of wisdom, beginning with the oldest of all songs, the creation of Ea. So it's, it's learning the basis of things. This will come up later on. The chanter is going to chant as they are engaged in important ceremonies. Then we have the master wind key, arts of wind and weather. They practiced with light catboats, steering by words, stilling waves, speaking to the world's wind and raising up the mage wind. These are very intricate skills and frequently Ged's head get whacked by the swinging boom. There are quieter expeditions ashore, he said as well. And, and we're going to talk about this. So the wind key, why is this so important? They live in an archipelago of islands. If you want to get anywhere from Roque, you have to sail there. And so those who can master the weather are incredibly important for the inhabitants of Earthsea. And this is something that a mage needs to know. I'll mention as well that Ogian, as we learn, stilled the earthquake. So it's not just mastering the clouds, the rain, the wind but also other elements that can be important. Then we have Master Hand. Master Hand is teaching juggling and sleight of hand, but also illusion. And here is where Ged has one of his first important conversations. He says to Master Hand, you know, I, I like these illusions. It's cool to turn a pebble into a diamond, but it doesn't really turn it into a diamond. So how do I do that? And Master Hand says, oh, well, that's a different kind of magic. <laughs> you know? got to be real careful with that, son. He also spends time with the Master Herbal. We find out that Master Herbal, who taught the ways and properties of things that grow, this is something that Ged has learned to some degree from Ogian before, perhaps even from his aunt, but now he's learning it in a much more complex, systematic way. Then we get to a different kind of master the master namer in the isolate tower. And it's no fun to hang out there because what you're doing is learning long lists of names and copying them out and memorizing them. But this is incredibly important for a wizard because knowing the names of things is what allows you to cast spells and to control them. If you can't control them, at least cajole them into doing something like what you want or to ward them off. And so they spend a lot of time doing that. Get again asks about things and finds out that the names of things are absolutely important. I'm going to read this passage. In the world under the sun and in the other world that has no sun, there is much that has nothing to do with men and men's speech, and there are powers beyond our magic. But magic, true magic, is worked only by those beings who speak the hardic tongue of Earthsea or the old speech from which it grew. That is the language dragons speak and of the language Segoy spoke who made the islands of the world and the language of our lays, songs, spells, enchantments, and invocations. So not knowing the language would put you at a disadvantage and you have to learn this thing. Get at first doesn't like being there after his terrible incident with the shadow. He's happy to be there because everything is so quiet. Then we find out that they study with some of the other people. Here we go. 
Ged stayed in the great house working with the masters at all the skills practiced by sorcerers, those who work magic but carry no staff. They're not wizards or mages. Wind bringing, weather working, finding and binding, the arts of spellsmiths and spell rites, tellers, chanters, heal-alls, and herbalists. So he's also spending more time with the master herbal and with the master wind key and some of the others as well. Finding, by the way, was at one time the mastery of one of the people at Roke, but as we find out in a later book. Then we get introduced to two more, the Master Changer and the Master Summoner. And with these two, as with the Master Namer, we're getting away from things that, if they're not low arts, or at least like middle-level arts, you know, chanting, weatherworking, illusions, knowing herbs and, and other things of that sort. We're getting to those who manipulate reality itself. And so first we see the master changer. We find out Ged was 15, very young to learn any of the high arts of wizard or mage, those who carry the staff. But he was so quick to learn all, all the arts of illusion that the master changer himself, a young man, soon began to teach him apart from the others and to tell him about the true spells of shaping. He explained how if a thing is really to be changed into another thing, it must be renamed for as long as the spell lasts. And he told how this affects the names and natures of things surrounding the transformed things. He told of the perils of changing. And little by little, the young master began to do more than merely tell him of these mysteries. He taught him first one, then another of the great spells of change. And he gave him the book of shaping to study. This he did without knowledge of the archmage and unwisely, yet he met no harm. So Ged is learning stuff that he should learn later on, <laughs> but he is learning it. And he's learning it kind of at a intermediate to master level. Then we get to the master summoner. And the master summoner, as we found, is a dour old man who won't tell Ged some of the stuff that Ged wants to know about. But the master summoner, he deals with no illusion, only true magic. The summoning of energies as light and heat and the force that draws the magnet and those forces men perceive as weight, form, color, sound. Real powers drawn from the immense fathomless energies of the universe, which no man's spells or uses could exhaust or unbalance. So, and he also helps them to understand the meaning, the deeper meaning of these other things. So the master wind key, right? The weather workers and sea masters calling on wind and water were crafts already known to his pupils. It was he who showed them why the true wizard uses such spells only at need, since to summon up such earthly forces is to change the earth of which they are a part. As for the calling of real things and living people, the raising up of spirits of the dead and the invocations of the unseen, the spells that are the height of the summoner's art and the mage's power, he, those he scarcely spoke of to them. Ged tries to get him to talk about it, but he's, he's not cool with that at this point with his students. And it's at this point where Ged actually uses a spell in rivalry with another young student, Jasper, who's several years ahead of him and who's been riding him the entire time. He uses a spell that opens up a path for unlife to come in, this monster that ends up having to be fought off by the Archmage and some of the other masters. Ged himself, his studies are interrupted as his body and spirit are damaged and have to heal. He goes back again after that to the Master Namer in the Isolate Tower to renew his studies. And then he comes to the Master Patterner. And we find that the Master Patterner is a different type of person. He doesn't actually teach. Instead, he 
has him spend time in the imminent grove. Here we go. The archmage sent Ged after his 18th birthday to work with the master patterner. What is learned in the imminent grove is not much talked about elsewhere. It is said no spells are worked there, and yet the place itself is an enchantment. Sometimes the trees of that grove are seen, and sometimes they are not seen, and they are not always in the same place in part of Roke Island. It is said that the trees of the grove themselves are wise. It is said that the master patterner learns his supreme magery there within the grove, and if if ever the trees should die, so shall his wisdom die. And in those days, the waters will rise and drown the islands of earth, see which Segoy raised from the deeps in the time before myth, before all the lands where men and dragons tell. But this is all hearsay. Wizards will not speak of it. And so what is Ged learning there? What's being evoked in this story? Some sort of wisdom, but it's one that is being learned from the grove and its trees itself that are enchantment. Finally, we find out that the master doorkeeper is one of the masters. And how does Ged get out? He is told that he has to come up with the name, the true name of the doorkeeper. And Ged isn't able to actually do that until he finally asks him. He says, Master, I cannot take your name from you not being strong enough, and I cannot trick your name from you not being wise enough. So I'm content to stay here and learn or serve whatever you will meaning that the, the doorkeeper can teach him something, unless by chance he will answer a question I have. Ask it. What is your name? The doorkeeper smiled and said his name. Gad, repeating it, entered for the last time into that house. So we have the masters of Roke. We have a school of magic, very powerful, with long traditions, a systematic approach to things, but definitely not the only mode or type or even tradition of magic within Earthsea. And we learn this by Ged himself traversing this curriculum, which we'll learn more about in later books, but it's enough for a wizard of Earthsea to get our first glimpse of what they're teaching, what they consider to be important for a wizard or a mage to have learned. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.